Welcome to LilyPod episode 101, Facts versus Stories, Separating Them Out. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another inspirational episode on LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are advanced certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed towards single adults and later married couples blending families. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Hey, Jeff and Kathy here, and welcome to 2023. This is our first episode of this year. And we're going to start out this year with the first three episodes, diving deep into our F. Sebo thought model. And today we're going to dive deep into the first two letters, which are F and S, and they stand for facts and stories. This episode will support you in knowing how to tell the difference between the facts of your life and the stories you tell about those facts with the purpose of gaining power to choose more supportive, empowering thoughts. Kathy, I, you know, I've thought about this a lot lately in terms of certain stories that, that I know I'm telling myself, for example, 2023 was a bad year. Okay, that's a story. Now, a fact would be something more uh, concrete, like I lost my son and my mother in 2023. Those are both true things. Those are both facts. Although loss, if you think about it, even that's a bit of a story. Sure, you could say they both died. Yeah, I think you have to be more specific than that. And we'll get more into that. But the idea that 2023 was a bad year. Now, that does happen to be a story that I am choosing. (laughs) And I also, though, have to balance that with my granddaughter was born in 2023. And that was a blessed event and a sweet thing in my life. So So are you choosing to believe it's a bad year or that parts of it were? I, I choose to believe that the death of my son and my mother were difficult moments, difficult events, and continue to be difficult to deal with moving forward. But I also believe that the birth of my granddaughter was a happy, blessed event, and that that makes me happy moving forward. Now, I I think the point here is I can interpret the death of my son and the death of my mother in various different ways. And it's okay to think, yeah, my son died, and that's really dang painful. And there's nothing wrong with with adopting that story. No. In um, fact, all of our stories are optional. We can absolutely pick any of them. Right. It's just a matter of do is it what is it serving you? And is that what you want? And then intentionally choose it rather than have it just be something that drives you. Right. And if I can develop that theme just slightly more, I can look at, and I do look at my 
the pain that I f- uh, feel, the, the wound in my heart, if you will, over my son's death as something beautiful because it reminds me of what he meant to me and what he still means to me. And the pain represents love. The pain represents love. And there's beauty in that human emotion, even though particularly at certain moments when you feel it really intensely, it, it doesn't feel good. But, but in the overall scheme of things, it's beautiful. And so I think, I think that's something, you know, that's a story. I understand it. But it's a story that serves me, that makes the pain mean something, that makes the whole experience more meaningful and contributes to the richness of life as opposed to, man, that really sucked. Let's set my son's room up like a mausoleum and never, you know, never change anything. And be in deep grief for years and years. Be in deep grief for years and years. Or on the reverse, I am just going to be happy about this. And I'm going to forget about the love so I don't feel the pain and I'm going to numb myself or whatever. There's any number of ways in which we respond to life circumstances. And I think those are really good examples. Much of what we think and feel is true in our minds is really, truly optional. I mean, even the things like we think might be fact, there might be some judgment in those statements. So we have to be really careful and make sure we separate them out. Teasing them out is what this episode's all about. Right. And I want to emphasize one more time, even though we've already said this, but I want to emphasize and, and be really clear that we are not telling you to abandon all stories and just deal with facts. Okay. That isn't how this works. It, in fact, it doesn't work. No, we, I think we always as humans put some kind of interpretation on it. Right. So, so we don't have the option really to say, I'm just going to deal with facts, you know, and, and stories are out the window. No, it is, it is understanding that every story we tell ourselves is, is optional and we don't need to be run by our stories. And so, you know, like when I got divorced, I was depressed for four years after and thought it was all because of stuff my former wife did. Well, that was an interpretation I gave it that was not serving me. And I adopted a new one later um, that that was part of my path, that my divorce was part of my path. And that if I could embrace what is, whether I liked it initially or not, I could move forward in a better, happier way. And so I adopted that story that 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 divorce was part of my path, that it was part of my purpose on this earth and that I had things to learn from it. Yeah, that's a good example as well. So let's dive in specifically to uh, the the things that will impact you personally. Uh, the, I guess the method of the FCVO, if you will, those first two letters and why it's important to separate them and how to do it. Now, um, obviously we have the power to create story, our stories, sorry, we have more power to create our stories than we're usually aware of. And, and that's, I think the, the basis of this, this particular episode, facts are indisputable, evidence-based, something everyone would see the same. They're neutral 
they're unemotionally charged, and it doesn't include any kind of interpretation or perception. Factual right. statements are very simple, and it helps for them to be specific. Right. I mean, now you can have factual statements like this um, cell phone is four inches long, and everybody knows and agrees what space an inch represents and how you could get out a ruler and measure your phone. And all of them would be, everyone would agree as to how long your phone is by a neutral objective standard. But if you said it's small, it's only four inches, there's judgment added to that. Right. If you're saying my cell phone's too small, you're judge, then you're making a judgment. And it's not necessarily a wicked judgment. You nope. can think it's small well, if you want. But if you think about it, there's someone else who might think that's too big. For me right. to put in my pocket. I'm sorry, but that's but just too big. I don't want to carry around something that bulky. Right. So, so it's one of those things that we could all see it differently. It's in the eye of the beholder. Right. Um, another example would be it is raining. And if you look outside and the raining is coming down, I guess the this is where you might want to be more specific. Like um, it is raining right now or it is raining in this part of where Utah or the, this part of the United States where I am. Right. Um, those that would help it be more accurate because it is raining. Wouldn't be accurate for someone somewhere else. Right. Um, and then of course the judgment would be to say it's bad weather or it's great to go dancing out in the rain. I want to go have a party. Like <laughs> anything that you put that, you know, add that interpretation or, or thought. Okay. And then um, another example would be, I weigh 185 pounds. Okay. And then I think to, to make it more specific, um, you would add, I weigh 185 pounds according to my scale at home at this time on this day. <laughs> like, because right. obviously our weight's always fluctuating and, you know, it all depends on measurement device. Um, I mean, it's a snapshot of what is true at one moment in time. And then just to add to that, gosh, I really need to gain a few pounds or I really need to lose a few pounds. That would be the added story. You know, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I've told Kathy this example before, but for the benefit of our audience, uh, Cameron Mannheim, as some of you will remember, was like the first plus size supermodel. And she preferred to be referred to as fat than overweight because she said overweight means I weigh more than I should. Fat just means I'm a different kind of person. And clearly that's a and story because I don't feel that way whatsoever. I think if a person is labeled as fat, it's like saying the only thing in their existence is extra fat on their body. I mean, that's like not even true at all. Well, and, and that's a different way of using the word than she's using it. But the point being that if you're interpreting that, that she says, well, if I say overweight, then, um, you know, that means I'm over the weight I should be. And I, and that's a judgment. Whereas she says, if they call me fat, it just means I'm a little bigger than most people. And interesting. And, uh, I don't like either, uh, because it's, it's saying that there's something wrong with you. Well, I don't think in her view, I don't think fat is saying there's something wrong with you. I'm, I think she's saying it's a value neutral statement that I'm bigger than most people. Interesting. 
but, yet, you know, I guess everybody would see that different. But but certainly we can look at that and and think, you know, the more precise, of course, factual way would be to say I weigh 185 pounds or I weigh 250 pounds or whatever you weigh um, at yeah. a particular moment. That would be the fact. And then the story that you tell could be any number of things. You could say that means I'm overweight. Uh, well, says who? You know, a height weight table somewhere says that that you should weigh less. You know, we and all who came up with that. You know, it's just it's uh, and I personally I have adopted the story that I would prefer to weigh less than I do. But I love and accept myself as I am. <clears throat> and as I make good choices, I love and accept whatever the scale says also, because that it is what it is. And I accept whatever the consequences of my choices are. And I generally make really good health choices. Okay. And how do you find that story to be supportive? I... I would rather love my body into healthy patterns than to punish myself because I think it's something, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's really tough to lose weight or to get in good shape if we feel like we have to punish ourselves into it. Now, I think actually it can lead to very big results, but I don't think they're very maintainable if it's not done with love and support of our bodies rather than, you know, hatred and disgust. Right. And you can get to the point where you're just so sick of, you know, being told, even if it's being told just by yourself, that you can't eat the things other people eat, or you can't do or shouldn't do this or that with your body. You know, I mean, I think you can just get so sick of having those voices in your head that you're like, screw it. I'm going to eat a box of Oreos. Yeah, it's almost you know? always better for me to say I really love moving my body at the gym twice a week. I really love going on my daily walks. I really love eating healthy and how it makes me feel. And no matter what the scale says, that's I'm going to keep doing those things because I'm committed to my health. Right. And yes, I'd like to see the results I would like, but I'm no longer thinking it's because I'm overweight. In fact, just like we think all mid singles who've gone through divorce or any kind of loss in relationships, it's part of your life path. I think for me, um, I've had a series of health issues that put me at the exact weight I should be right now right. based on those those experiences. And what it means is I've, uh, I've, I've gone through some things and, and my body has responded exactly as it should. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you, if you know that what is, is, is part of your path, you're not fighting the reality. And I think that makes it harder to reach our goals as well. Right. Another example that we mentioned a minute ago, but not in, in this precise of terms, is divorce. Many of our audience are divorced, and many, if not all, have said at one time or another to themselves some version of the statement, 
I'm divorced now and my life is ruined. Or it wasn't supposed to be this way. I didn't get married to get divorced. Some version of that of that statement. Is that statement truth? Many of you would come to me and say, well, President McKay said no other success can compensate for failure in the home. Therefore, if your marriage didn't work, you failed. And you failed at the most important thing in life. Why does anything else matter? Is that a supportive interpretation in your situation? If you were, whether, you know, regardless of what your reasons were for getting a divorce, you know, is, is seeing yourself as a failure um, going to help you? I'll tell you a more supportive way. Um, I am now married after having been divorced twice to a wonderful person. I, am, I have learned from both of those marriages, and I am now succeeding in the home that I am building with Kathy and with my stepkids and with my um, children from my first marriage. Well, so, and I actually tried to tell that story while I was still single. I am now experiencing marriage as blessed. I am now experiencing relationships as good for me. Right. And I'm choosing into that partnership that will continue to, to lend that. Now, did, was it a risk? Yes. Could I guarantee that? No. But I felt it served me to attract people into my life that created good relationships that create that I could create a good marriage with. You know, I am. Um, I posted something today on in in our Facebook group. So go look for it if you haven't seen it. Or I didn't post it. I posted it some time ago, actually. But I I referred to it again today. Um, it's a a short clip of Tyson Fury saying uh, success is not in how famous you are and how much money you have. It is in overcoming the struggles that are before you, regardless of, of what they are. Now, he has a story, uh, and, and I'm talking about a life story as well as the story he's telling himself. Um, as some of you may know, Tyson Fury is a two-time heavyweight champion of the world in boxing. And he, after winning the title the first time from somebody who had held it for more than a decade, he had suddenly achieved everything he had been striving for in life. And he said, I felt like I had nothing left to live for. And he went into a deep depression and he is susceptible to mental health issues. And he's very open in talking about that. He ballooned up to 450 pounds. Uh, his health was failing. His marriage was failing. I mean, he was out drinking and doing drugs, hard drugs every night and staying out all night. And he was stripped of his title because he, he was not in the athletic shape he needed to be to defend his title and so didn't and, and was stripped of his belts. Well, very, very low point, but he decided to get back in the gym and start working out and 
it took him a couple of years, but he won his title back and, you know, is now a role model for people with mental health issues. What is the story that took him down? The story was, I have nothing left to live for. I've already achieved it. I've already accomplished my purpose in life and I'm only in my 20s. What was the story that brought him back from that? That what makes you a success is overcoming the struggles that are put in front of you. And so he looked at it like, no, I've got more mountains to climb. I have more struggles and I am overcoming them. Well, and we don't necessarily want to invite more struggle into our life by saying, like, I, I've actually done away with saying affirmations that I'm resilient because I don't really want to create position situations that I need to be resilient from. But I, I, I do like to say that whatever comes up, I'll be okay. That I've handled hard things before I can handle them again, whatever comes. Right. Well, when, when Tyson won his title back, the guy standing across the ring from him had not only beaten everybody he had faced, but had knocked out everyone he had faced. I mean, that's unheard of. Well, that is the kind of struggle, I th part of the, the struggle that I think he's talking about, well, is defeating someone who seems undefeatable or hmm. some circumstance that seems undefeatable. I, I want to actually speak to that. Because I think when we've been divorced, we think that relationships are impossible. We think right. that Satan's influence in relationships are undefeatable. Right. And I do think that we learn from struggle, but I also think we learn from success. And that is having overcome the struggle. That is having create, created the impossible or what has seemed impossible in your life. The like you said, defeating the adversary, you know, all of that. Right. Um, so just to wrap up this part of the conversation, remember that factual statements are simple and specific. Simple is a statement that is true without anything added. And it's a plain and simple truth without any judgment or interpretation. Now, specific means is a statement that is precise without any inferred thoughts. Uh, it helps others to envision the correct fact rather than to make up their own stories about the fact that might be erroneous. Uh, it can help there to be better understanding and more clarity. So that's facts. Those are facts. Um, and, you know, we've gave, given a lot of examples. Now, stories... Let's kind of move into stories now. Stories are the things that we say that give our perception interpretation on our life experience. This always includes some kind of judgment, um, positive or negative, um, if you will. And it leads to an emotional response of some kind. It not only affects our energy vibration and emotional well-being, it can also affect our physical and spiritual spiritual well-being as well. The stories we tell um, come from our mind and from our heart, from our spirit and from our body. The combination of our spirit 
and bodies is our soul and our soul tells stories all the time. So I have an example of this. A few weeks ago, we visited Jeff's mom. We knew she was declining and that she probably wouldn't be here very long. And we kind of hoped she wouldn't because she declined so fast. And I remember when we left thinking that would be the last time we'd see her alive. Which I remember, it was. and I remember thinking it was distinctly special. Um, and it's not like I could put a finger on exactly what would happen. I didn't know, and I wasn't trying to tell a story, but my soul somehow knew that that was a special visit. Right. And that I soaked it in. And then Jeff, you had a story about that as well. Like when your soul knew something that you didn't yet. Um, well, yeah, when, when we were, the last time we visited my son, Henry, he lived up in Washington the last several years of his life. Uh, in the town where he had grown up. And so we made a trip up there in the fall of 2020. And uh, I I asked Henry to spend a day with us. I said, we'd really like to go for a hike. It was a favorite hike of his <clears throat> and mine and his brothers uh, when they were kids. And it was to up Mount Baker to the Coleman Glacier Overlook. And it's really cool place. I mean, it's the most up close and personal you're ever going to get with a glacier without being right on it. Um, it it's, and it's closer than you're ever going to see one at Glacier National Park or anywhere like that. Anyway, I digress. It was a place we wanted to go. I wanted Kathy to see it, and I wanted to spend that day with Henry, and we invited him to come, and he took the day off work. And we hiked up to the Coleman Glacier having great conversation to, from, and, and during uh, the overlook, took pictures, you know, all of that, and, and enjoyed the day. It was a beautiful day, uh, sunny and warm and not too warm. And Henry was, was being great, helping Kathy cross streams and things like that. And it was just a beautiful, perfect day. And then when we finished, we took Henry, we, we got cleaned up and took Henry out to dinner at a favorite uh, burger place up there that we had uh, gone a, a number of times when he was a kid also. Well, it was like the only time we've ever spent a whole day with him together, you and me. Right. And, and without anyone else, just the three of us. Right. And, and so the next morning when, when we woke up, we, uh, uh, he was getting ready for work and, and we were getting ready to go to the airport and, and, uh, we took a couple of pictures after we were all ready and he went to work, we went to the airport and for several hours, I felt almost inconsolable. Which and, didn't make sense to me because I was so happy to have spent that time with him and it was so great and awesome. Yeah. Parts of three days, but, but a whole day, the third day. And then I guess a, a small part the morning we left, but, but yeah, I, I was almost inconsolable. And I think in some way that I can't prove, but I, it's the story I believe. Um, in some way, I think my spirit knew that we had just spent 
the last full day that we were going to have with him in this life. And I, I because I felt this such this mournful and uh, deeply sad feeling. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, he, Henry and I talked over the next year, uh, many times over 2021 and the remainder of 2022. Um, but we never got another full day together. And I choose to, to believe that because God knows things we don't, my soul knew, even if my mind didn't, that, that that was our last full day with him. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that was what a year and a half before he passed totally unexpected. Um, whereas filling that visit with your mom as being distinctly special. I mean, it was a little bit more, I guess, conceivable that my mind knew it partly, but you know, this isn't, these are not facts though. They're still stories. They're stories that our soul tells and they're stories that we often choose to believe because they're spiritual in nature. Right. And, and, you know, if those stories serve you, then by all means, hold on to them. I, I think the story that my spirit knew something because God had given it me to know it, um, serves me in in kind of understanding that God knows things we don't and that he's in charge and that's comforting and that he can even help <laughs> us in navigating the unknown and having us have some sense of knowing when we don't know right if anyone would like more specific examples that are personal to us Episode 89 on loss and cognitive distortions is fantastic and gives a lot of examples of separating out facts from stories. Um, obviously, that wasn't the purpose of the episode, but I do remember giving a lot of examples of how when Henry first passed away, the thoughts that or the stories that we told about that event and how they've morphed in this effort we've made to live what we teach in our coaching practice, that we've had the opportunity to be blessed with tools that we share with others that empower us to heal faster. Anyway, I don't, I don't feel like we need to repeat those examples, but if you haven't heard loss and cognitive distortions, you can listen to episode 89 about that. So right. uh, to kind of finish up this uh this deep dive into facts versus stories and separating them out, being able to separate them and know the difference between them is the most important part. Being curious about the stories we tell, unwilling to, um, and being willing, sorry, and being willing to really take a look at them gives us the freedom to choose whether we want to keep a story or shift a story. Uh, it also makes us more intelligent people to express our stories as opinions rather than something everyone else should see exactly the same as us. Right. I can, it can help our relationships to allow everybody's stories to be whatever they choose, especially when we state it as such rather than stating them as if everyone should think the same. Right. You know, in, in second Nephi chapter two, in the Book of Mormon, 
we read about how human beings are free to choose and how through the gift of the atonement of Christ, we have the power to act rather than to be acted upon. And acting in, in the context of that chapter, of course, is in accepting the atonement of Jesus Christ. It is in choosing it. And, but that applies throughout our lives, through in our relationships and in all other facets of life to understand that we may not be able to change the facts. Some we can, but, but some we cannot. Uh, and it's a fact that, you know, if you jump naked off of a 200 foot cliff, you are going to die. That's a fact. Uh, I mean, it's virtually a fact. Well, yeah, because they did a study of 286 people or something that fell from 100 feet. Every single one of them died from it. Right. Every single one. And so you can pretty much guarantee that if you were to do that, the same thing would happen to you. It's pretty much a fact. Whether you're naked or not. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, people would quibble that, well, base jumpers do it. Yeah, but they do it with a parachute, you know, and things like that. But but uh, anyway, the, the point is, uh, there are those facts, and you may or may not be able to change them, and the law of gravity is one that you cannot change. There, there are ways of complying with it and still flying. We know those. But, but it's something you can't change. I actually and, like that analogy because if when we work with reality, when we know gravity is a fact, we're able to defy it to the extent we work with it. Right. And, and airplanes and helicopters, you know, they all have, have ways of, of doing that. So it's important to, to kind of get our brains around this idea. And, and like I said before, we are not asking you to just stick to the facts and not make interpretations. That's not realistic and, and it won't work. What we're saying is that it is really important, like Father Lehi said in Second Nephi 2, to understand that, that we can choose what story we are going to accept. And, you know, one story that I choose is that Jesus Christ, through his blood uh, and his sacrifice, has, has saved my soul has uh, made it possible for me to enter again into his presence. And that's a story I choose. There are plenty of people who don't understand life that way. That's one that I choose. And you can choose it. You can choose uh, all kinds of stories about your spouse. What if you're constantly thinking that your future spouse is annoying? Well, you're going to be annoyed a lot. Yeah. And we also choose our, our stories about ourselves. And I think to the extent we choose stories that are elevating and self-loving, I think we choose similar stories about others and we experience the world accordingly. Right. Um, so I just want to double dog dare everyone. I don't think I've ever double dog dared anyone on this podcast (laughs) yet, but I want you all to make all your social media statements as either facts or opinion and see if you can separate out the two and make sure the facts are specific and what was the other thing specific and 
simple, right. simple and specific without any judgment added. And then make sure that if you're telling a story, which is almost, which is pretty much everything else <laughs> that isn't um, specific and, um, and simple and factual, then um, I want you to make sure you state it as an opinion. If you own your stories as yours, um, just see what happens. See what happens on in your social media interactions. I bet they'll change. I um, agree. Unless you already do that, which a lot of people don't. But um, I know a lot of our listeners are very um, conscious about their thinking and the way they express themselves. So maybe you already do that. But And the first step is understanding <clears throat> that you have the power to do that, mm -hmm. to think about it that way and to choose what thoughts you want to hang on to. Well, and one of the best gifts we can give ourselves and others is the gift of new and empowering stories. As we work on shifting or reframing stories we tell, we are then able to offer new perspective and elevate the planet as we do so. I mean, have you ever been in a room and when everybody is down and complaining and then someone just offers this new thought and ever, the whole like tone of the conversation changes and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, I didn't think of it that way, you know, and, and it can be really interesting and awesome actually to be part of that solution. Right. Um, so facts versus stories, separating them out, work on this over the next week and you'll be prepared for our next episode, which will focus on the two E's in the FCBO model. So next week we'll be deep diving into emotion and energy. Um, now, we can know all of the relevant facts and still add them up into a story that doesn't serve us, and it might quite possibly be false. Um, so that's one thing is aligning with truth. I think our stories have to at least align with truth or they're not going to feel good either. Um, personally, uh, you know, I prefer to align with truth and be in harmony with God's perspective as much as possible. Um, he can usually help us see a bigger picture when we're stuck seeing something only one way. And remember, we're down here on earth and we just see what's in front of us and he sees a bigger, a much bigger picture. Um, and when we open our minds to that bigger perspective in order to change what we think, um, then there's divinity working in our stories as well. Right. Some of the examples we've given here are a lead in to what you will experience in our next episode, because we've talked about how understanding what our stories are and that we have options uh, will change the emotional response we will have to those things going forward in a very powerful way. I mean, it can affect years of your life just the way you're thinking about a particular fact. And it will affect the quality of your life every day. Absolutely. So uh, I just wanted to also remind listeners that episode 11 is the FCBO model. It's basically our introduction of it um, near the beginning of our podcasting days um, a couple of years ago. So episode 11 is a great one to review um, in order to kind of support these three episodes that are diving deeper. Right. So important things we're talking about. We wish you the best as you begin this new year. And remember, anytime, especially at the new year, is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. 
Please share LilyPod with those you love who could benefit from what we share here. We invite you to sign up for our Elevating Weekly Lily Letter, subscribe to LilyTube, and enjoy other life-affirming content at loveinlateryears.com. Email us to request a free 15-minute Lily Coaching Discovery Call. We are here to support you.